All right, so we got kind of a, this is kind of a frivolous, kind of silly thing this week. It shouldn't take very long. It'll probably be a quick episode because uh, I had a show picked out and uh, we'll do it next week. But usually I'm having a hard time finding information about any of these old shows. And this one show that I was like, oh, we should do this one. The Wikipedia page is ludicrously long, just this gigantic entry. So I was like, all right, let's let's delve into this and, you know, distill it down to whatever, a few sentences of what is important. But then I looked over at the side on Wikipedia, you know, or on uh, YouTube when, you know, it recommends stuff based on what you're watching. So since I was watching an old show, I saw this thing that was just uh, old commercials that would be politically incorrect today. And it's 15 minutes. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll okay. do the research. I'll do all the research for next week. This week, let's just watch yeah. these old commercials. <laughs> so, so fuck okay. it. So that's the plan for this week. I don't know what exact era they're from. We'll probably get more into the future. But well, uh, and I, I need to see how. Why are they politically incorrect? Yeah, I did notice, like on the YouTube comments, there's like I didn't look that deeply, but there's like the one guy that's like, maybe I'm just some kind of dinosaur, but I don't see what's wrong with any of these. And it's like, yeah, I'm sure there's something wrong with at least one of them, dude. <laughs> but I don't know. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. And it's just convenient that somebody else, you know. Somebody else, oh, this thing too, if anyone wants to look for it on YouTube, uh, like I said, it's called Old Commercials That Would Be Politically Incorrect Today, and it has 7 million views, so you can't miss it. This is a very popular mm. compilation. This flat tire needs a man, All right, so I guess those weren't, I mean, they weren't as horrible as I yeah. thought they might be. They, yeah, they weren't like, you know, your reaction wasn't like, oh, I can't believe that they do that. Yeah, I could believe that they did any, all of those. Yeah, <laughs> so I'd say it broke down into three basic categories. Like, the first one was uh, just that, uh, you know, you need a man around. Like, the very first one was just, uh, what if your tire breaks and there's no man around? And and it was like a really well-done commercial, this lady at night, and it's all creepy, and it's like, just call whatever the... Whatever the you have a good year tire. Yeah, the tire within a tire. But I got to admit, I mean, there's a certain, uh, a certain relatability. Because if that happened to me, I would be like, yeah, dude, I wish I had a man around to fix this. I don't know how. <laughs> so. Yeah, and there were a whole lot of those. Uh, the man. Yeah, about most, the of the, house. most of them were coffee uh, ones. The coffee ads. The uh, the the little lady at home, beautifully dressed out in her dress and makeup and making coffee and obviously the man about I, that. either there's no coffee left or the coffee was gross <laughs> so. and they played that vapid woman thing right until the end when you saw the lady with the photocopier yeah there was the other secretary one too where it's like uh, you know i got uh, my my deodorant and all the stuff you told me to get. My boss still hasn't asked me to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> so those are it's weird too. Did you so just it's very much not at nine to five thing, you know, that, uh, that that movie that came out where women felt that they were really put upon by men and they'd show them. Right. Who's really running the show. Did you notice too with the deodorant stick, like I don't even really understand how it works because it just looked like it was a little glass jar with a little screw on top and then it had the, you know, normal deodorant stuff in it. Mm. So what we have now, you know, you like twist the thing or you push it up. 
but I don't quite know how that worked. Yeah, I don't either. Can't say I've ever seen anything like that. It's weird too, just those yeah, those little references, like the uh, lady who's like, yeah, I'm uh, just an idiot secretary, but uh, I'm still valuable. Obviously the subtext was because she was pretty, but also because now that we have this photocopier, even an idiot like me can make seven copies an hour. But then they throw in those weird references where she puts on a plastic glove and is like, no need for wet chemicals anymore. <laughs> And what were you saying? Like, how did? Oh they yeah, all... that's a Gestetner. She's referring probably to a Gestetner machine, which was a big. It was kind of a big cylindrical thing, and it had sort of. I didn't think it was liquid. I thought it was like dry powder. But anyway, it had like carbon sheets with it, right. and you would roll it on the big wheel. And uh, then you had a crank, because I remember we had one at the school that I taught at. It was on the way out, but I used to use it all the time because you could never get the copier. And they, you could never get to the photocopier. Everybody was always using it. <laughs> so you, you, what you did is on this sheet that had carbon things in it, you printed your message or typed it. You could put it in a typewriter and also type out your lesson or your whatever it was you wanted to copy. Then you put it on this big kind of wheel and it had um, like a, a, a crank, and you kind of turned it, and cranked it, and paper. It went around and copied onto the paper, and the paper shot up. Even just us thinking when I was a kid, like, there's still stuff like, even just the idea of the old, uh, you know, like pencil sharpener. You go up and put it in and crank the pencil sharpener. Like, even that feels like a little house on the prairie more than it does mm. modern day stuff. The yeah. Gestetner would have been really popular probably in the... Oh, I'm going to say maybe maybe as early as the 30s, but the 40s and the 50s for sure, because that would be before you had photocopiers, which actually take a picture of your image and then print out the paper. This actually didn't take a picture. It actually rolled. So it was almost like a little printing on, press. Onto, yeah, yeah. It rolled it onto your paper <laughs> as your paper shot out. Yeah, this uh, copier, you know, on the surface, seven copies an hour doesn't sound that impressive, but it actually was pretty good I because... I copies a minute. Oh, a minute, sorry. Yeah, not an hour. <laughs> yeah, an hour would be, that'd be ridiculous. But uh, but it still was, like, pretty advanced for back then because I remember our first photocopier that you guys got in the 80s, you didn't lay the thing flat. You had to put a piece of paper through it, and the paper went through the machine because I remember when I used to make copies of video game magazines, I had to take the staples out and take all the pages out and run it through. Yeah, but see, even this one here, and this is very new that I've got here, this one has two, two oh, systems. Oh yeah, it can do both. Right? You can feed through the top, or you can put it on the plate and have it picture it that way. And I guess and it's That different. works great for you've got weird little things like somebody's birth certificate. Right. You don't want to feed it through the top and possibly have it get mangled, so you can just lay it on the glass. This is kind of cool, too, because I guess the old ones, like, they would just take the image and that was it. But this one makes a little PDF file, right? Like a little digital file. You can file. do that, yeah. So, yeah, pretty, pretty cool, <laughs> the future. Uh, so then, uh, so that was uh, series number one of just, uh, if only there were a man around <laughs> type yeah. of thing. And then I'd say series number two is just tobacco in general. Oh, which, uh, God, there were more tobacco ads on there. Yeah. And again, it was always about taste, and it was usually men uh, promoting good taste. The Marlboro man there at the end who arrives in on his helicopter, and he's out in the wild fields with somebody. Uh, out in the, and the, uh, the chew is so gross, right? Like all the guys at the factory oh, just... tobacco, yeah. They had the chewing tobacco ads. Which uh, I remember there was a little period where Matt Jenkins was trying that out when we lived down here on Union, and... Uh, 
Yeah, he had the chewing tobacco and he'd spit it into, uh, like he'd buy a bottle of brisk iced tea and then fill it up with his gross spit stuff. And it was kind of, I mean, in a way it was better because they used to, him and his brother used to smoke and it just filled the whole apartment with smoke. Like even my clean clothes in a drawer of a dresser in a different room smelled like smoke. So they were, that's why they switched over to chewing tobacco. And I don't know how Dave's doing, but Matt has quit smoking, thank God, because it's just gross. So again... (laughs) In the chewing tobacco ads, it was men. And they weren't just your little wimpy type men. These were he-men. These were all very good-looking men. They're chewing their tobacco and smoking their Marlboros. And it is pretty impossible to imagine, like, yeah, these scenarios where it's either cowboys or guys in factories. Like, you just couldn't be the guy who doesn't smoke. It's not possible, you know? (laughs) Well, and then you had... Burning Fred Flintstone. Yeah, with, that was the other. Flintstone ads. There was, was there another cartoon too? There was the Flintstones and I think there was one other cartoon one. But yeah, that was the other weird thing. It's either Man's Man or Kids Show Cartoons. Oh, it was the, uh, the cartoon uh, Moose or whatever that was or Bull. Who, oh, yes. Uh, uh, the Bull in the Woods. Yeah, he was uh, a little wimpy bull who couldn't uh, properly sing was the that jingle. Was tobacco or yeah. tour? Was that? Yeah, because uh, his voice got mild and rich, just like <laughs> blah, 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 chewing tobacco. And then he could do the, oh, the tobacco, whatever the song was. Yeah. So, so yeah, real cute cartoon types things yeah. and promoting cigarettes. And, of course, in the Flintstone one, not only did they promote the cigarettes, they were, of course, chit-chatting, chit-chatting while their wives were working their buns off, mowing the lawn and beating the rugs. And instead of helping, no, they, very chauvinist, they sneaked off to the backyard so they wouldn't have to see the work in progress yeah, that so they was, could have a Winston. That was the one legit, like, funny line, though, where... They're like, ah, oh, they sure do work hard. It's tough to tough to watch them working so hard. Let's go around back so we don't have to see them. You know, like that is at least actually a pretty funny line. And I guess with the Flintstones, like, I mean, by the time I was watching the Flintstones, it was just uh, on reruns and it was a kid's show. But I know from, because the Simpsons was the first primetime cartoon since the Flintstones. It had been decades. So that's how I knew that the Flintstones was like less of a kid's cartoon. It was kind of for grown-ups because it was a primetime show. About, yeah, it about, yeah, like The Simpsons, it talked about adult issues. Right. So even though it was a cartoon, it was not geared geared just for children. It was geared for a full audience. And it, it oftentimes addressed issues like smoking, Which women is, working, doing all the work, men sneak, sneaking off to the Wild Buffalo Society. It makes sense, too, in hindsight, because as a kid, I never really liked the Flintstones. Like, I would watch it because it's a cartoon, but I always found it weirdly stressful. Because, yeah, like, yeah, like, Fred was always dealing with these adult problems. And, yeah, like, as a kid, I'm like, this just does not feel the same as Scooby-Doo. And I, I didn't really like it. So yeah. I guess it, it's not as crazy for them to be advertising cigarettes but it still feels real weird and i think i might be wrong but i think that when the flintstones aired in the 60s it aired like at at a at a time when adults would be watching it and kids too yeah you know like seven o'clock at night that kind of stuff it wasn't uh it wasn't uh geared for just kitty time like 10 in the morning or you know early afternoon or whatever I think it was at that time frame that, you know, parents would sit down and watch it with their kids. So then the third thing, which I do think is the one part of this that really is legitimately offensive, is the Asian stereotypes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's a bunch of those. So, uh, like, the first one was a Kool-Aid commercial, 
where it really seems like they were going out of their way. It's like these the Kool-Aid kids who, I guess, travel because they're like, the next week they'll go to a different place or whatever. So it's like they travel around the world and they just lament Although, that, that they don't have Kool-Aid now, there. See, I wouldn't, didn't find that that offensive. And if I was if I was Japanese, I don't know that I would either. It did show people with slanted eyes. Uh, maybe that's a little new, but it was showing that in other parts of the world they drink Kool Aid. All, all, all this is weird though, because it was like a double message where it's like the kids were like, "Oh man, all this rice and stuff. This food sucks. I wish we had Kool Aid." Yeah. And then they were like, "Don't worry, we do have Kool Aid." Like, <laughs> I don't know, pretty weird. Yeah, I guess it's it is more the drawings that are probably the more offensive part of it, and it's weird with the accents because they they play up the accents and ham them up a lot. But on the other hand, it legitimately is true that they don't have. Like, they don't have R and L. They have an in-between sound, which is why that stereotype comes up of the R's and the L's. So, I mean, it does happen. <laughs> but they certainly weren't uh, being very careful when they were um, just playing And it. the other one that I, I, I didn't see the point of them having a Japanese guy in it, or a Chinese guy, or whatever he was, uh, there was the car ad. Yeah, well, I think that the one with the, it's not Rice Krispies, it was Rice Crinkles. Is that the one you mean? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, all I can figure is that maybe they... Because that guy seemed to be the mascot of the cereal. I'd never heard of that cereal. So is it just the rice connection? I don't know. Or, or, or well, at first when I, I thought, Mustangs, were they made in Japan? But I don't think they were. I think they're American-made. No, no. Yeah, so I, I assume so. that they had a Rice Krispies rip-off cereal. And they're like, okay, what? who, who likes rice? I guess Asian people like rice. So. Okay, that's the connection. So yeah. we'll make the, instead of the Keebler elves or whatever they were called, Snap, Crackle, and Pop guys, ours will be a little Asian dude. Right. So now all their commercials have to ham fist in this, this Asian stereotype, even though it's about cereal and Mustangs. Yeah, that was just weird. And then there was uh, a the, drink powder. A drink powder. Uh, which was just goofy face grape or whatever, who I was like, that doesn't seem so bad. I mean, you'd have to really stretch to be offended by that. Ex- except, um, if you were somebody who had buck teeth or uh, your eyes were not straight in your head. Yeah. Or uh, if they had made him like deliberately like mentally challenged or something. Kind of, but... That kind of thing. I could see that being not politically correct that, uh, you know, especially showing it to kids because then they'd make fun of kids who were like that. Right. But, but I felt like. That, that really was the kicker was when they were showing the various product the various drinks that there yeah. were and what was the indian one yeah well like because yeah we were like goofy grape doesn't seem so bad you, you know it's you could probably be okay with that but yeah i think the reason Lemon it was lime you know those kind of things but that yeah the reason it was in this compilation is because there was engine orange and engine orange yeah that was and chinese cherry or chinese whatever cherry, those two yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's like oh, okay that, that's that yeah, you crossed the line there buddies uh, but uh, was there something? Oh, and the other thing that kind of ties in with the Asian stereotypes is uh, the Frito Bandito, mm. who uh, was like the Mexican one. Right. Yeah, that was obviously very. Yeah, that was not politically correct. I mean, he was very Mexican. Yeah. You know what's funny about that though is again, it's like this weird line you got to walk where uh, it's like I guess a good rule of thumb is the people who are potentially being. Uh, you know what's degraded yeah like it's better to let them stand up and say don't do this because it gets real weird when just a bunch of do-good or white people jump on every little thing because i don't know about the frito bandito but 
in a very similar thing, there was a, a Super Mario game that came out two or three years ago where one of Mario's outfits was like, uh, like you see in all the old John Ford movies. It's like he was wearing, you know, how it kind of looks like, like a, a blanket that they wear over themselves and like the, the Mexican poncho. hat. Yeah, poncho. There you go. And like the, the Mexican kind of hat that they yeah, always the sombrero. wore. Sombrero. Sombrero. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I don't even know the names. <laughs> and yeah, a bunch of people, just do-gooder white folks were like this is offensive to mexican culture japan you can't do this blah 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 so then a bunch of actual mexican people were like shut the fuck up dude like those are our clothes and now mario wears them that's awesome mm -hmm. that is so cool like we enjoy that mario is wearing our traditional clothing so shut the fuck up white people <laughs> and, and i kind of feel that same way about that frito ad yeah. well because so then they brought there was up a mexican guy and he is promoting frito then the because similar to this Frito Bandito sort of uh, then the thing that they brought up to follow up uh, with this Mario situation was uh, Speedy Gonzalez that Speedy Gonzalez got erased from TV because he was offensive but actual Mexican people were like he was our one guy <laughs> he was our cartoon and now he's not allowed on TV because he's offensive like we're not offended <laughs> don't don't be offended for us let us handle being offended and I thought that was an interesting lesson because like there's a lot of this stuff that is legitimately ridiculous but yeah don't just get upset because Mario's wearing a poncho there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> you know and to uh, perhaps the Chinese caricatures in this and the Mexican ones. And that, I mean, I didn't find them offensive at all, but then I'm not Mexican and I'm not Chinese. But they certainly made those ads more interesting. Like if you just had some little bumbling white character floating around, like those Kool-Aid kids, if that's all that was in that ad, them talking about Kool-Aid in other parts of the world, how boring would that be? But to actually introduce a Japanese family and you get the little... The Japanese host who's walking around on his little little raised-up sandals and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, they, it adds character to the thing. And, and people are different in other parts of the world. Culture is different. So why not embrace it instead of saying, oh, my God, that's politically offensive if we show that. And at least, yeah, in that one they did show an actual Japanese family. It wasn't just the cartoon. Yeah. I think it's mostly just the idea that those cartoons are just too much the like the squinty eye iconography and stuff because it's very similar to if you ever saw after the war or around the time of the war there were all these like bugs bunny fighting the japs yeah. you know or yeah. oh, captain those america are all politically incorrect and you never see those now huh? and they weren't so different from that so yeah it's like if you just gotta tone it down a little like it's because like yeah like Asian people don't actually have a tiny little line instead of an eye, <laughs> <you know? laughs> stuff like that. But it's even gotten, it's gone kind of further now where uh, like the, on Family Guy, his neighbor is this guy, Cleveland, this black dude who lives next door, but it was a white guy who did the voice. So they eventually were like, why do we have a white guy doing a black guy's voice? So they got a black actor to take over the role. And it's like, okay, that's not so bad. Or Apu from The Simpsons. Like, that's how long The Simpsons has been on TV. Because it was just Hank Azaria, just a white guy who did Apu's voice. And eventually they were like, what are we doing? Why did we do the... Because in 1989, this was fine. <laughs> so I don't know if Apu's still on the show or if they recast him or whatever. But, but it is interesting to see them, like, just... You know, it's not like any of that stuff was really particularly offensive. It's just we could be doing a better job of this. <laughs> so they're kind of, and that's how I feel about those ads. It's like, yeah, they weren't going out of their way. It's just, yeah, they could have been a little less uh, stereotypical, I guess. It was good, though. I, yeah. I, I, 
Yeah, a little more interesting than I thought it would be, actually. Yeah, Kinda they neat. were well-produced, and whoever, whoever put that together had them flow one right into the other. You had hardly had time to give a whole lot of thought about whether something was politically incorrect or not because, man, you're into another one right away. He did a good job of... Yeah, and again, I mean, if that's the worst that it gets, yeah, it could have been a lot worse. So, you know, <laughs> you know, there we go. So, yeah, a little walk through uh, politically incorrect land. So, yeah, again, that guy on YouTube was like, I don't see what's wrong with any of these. It's like, well, okay, you're just trying not to see any problems here. But, yeah, they, they could have been worse. They weren't that bad. So next week we'll get back into real TV with notes and research. <laughs> Every once in a while, though, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't hurt to take a look at that because commercials do show the culture at the time. Yeah, probably more so than anything else because it's like, yeah, if, uh, if the commercials aren't working and people aren't buying stuff, you know, that's got to change. There's no room for uh, artistic expression or uh, whatever might oh, be happening. the one we forgot to mention was the Johnny Seven Gun. Oh, yeah, that was insane. <laughs> the little kid's toy gun, but it was seven guns that combined into one giant gun. One of them was almost as big as a cannon. Yeah, I thought that was surprising because, like, when I was a kid, like, I mean, obviously there were G.I. Joes in the 60s, but by our 80s G.I. Joes, it was pretty full on, like, just military toys and, like, you could get whole uh, aircraft carriers and stuff. But we never had a gun that was as big as the kid himself, <laughs> you yeah, know? It like, was so big, it had to have a leg that came down yeah. to raise it up on the ground, off the ground so that it could fire. Yeah, like, it had caps in it. It had little mor mortars. Mortars, yeah. Yeah, seven parts. And it just kept dismantling, 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 and all these uh, yeah, like, guns came out of it. Like, I always think of the 80s as the gun time, but, I mean, the Terminator and Rambo never had guns like that. That's, like, crazy, that gun. <laughs> so. And what was the initials? One Man... Uh, one Man Army. One, yeah, OMA, yeah. on the side of it. <laughs> Which is true, like, man. And, yeah, and it's just, like, it's funny, too, because it's just little kids playing in the backyard. But it's indisputable that the kid with seven guns in one gun he won, and the, you know, he yeah, won well, the that battle. that gun just kept, you could dismantle it and man, put it back together again, just as slick as could be. There were, there were no delays, it just, it had a, it had a machine gun, it had that in it, it had, it had everything, seven parts, God. And there has always been, like, the, uh, devolution of gun toys, especially, where, uh, you know, like, I remember when I was a kid, when they became like you needed to have the orange tip on the guns. I don't know, maybe that was after I was out of buying toy guns, but just to, so people would know for sure it was a toy. And there's still like a term everybody uses when you nerf something means to just make it weaker because then we got nerf guns because, you know, you're just shooting people with uh, little foam things and no one's going to get hurt. And at this point, maybe they're still water guns, but I don't even know if they make Nerf guns anymore. Anything that's a gun is very taboo. So. Yeah, very taboo. Well, the Johnny 7 was... Uh, yeah, it, It's not just one gun taboo, it's seven guns taboo. And you could see, well, I, I could see, as I was watching that, I thought, yeah, I could see somebody, if they were really into guns as a kid, yeah, you're up on top of a bell tower somewhere and you're just <laughs> shooting people down. Hey, your Johnny 7 could do that, no problem. You'd be the kid in the neighborhood, too, that, like, you know, everyone else has got probably their little, like, cap guns that they just got at the dollars type store or whatever the equivalent was, and, you know, their little Lone Ranger guns. This fucking asshole, like, that's the rich kid in the neighborhood. Like, look at this fucking jerk. Yeah, and oddly <laughs> enough, caps were not included in the Johnny 7. <laughs> yeah. You had to go and buy those separately. It, 
even that, I think that those died out with my generation. Like you could still get caps when I was a kid, but you know, cause they really were little bits of gunpowder. Like yep. if you took the time, you could uh, gather together all the gunpowder and drop a big rock on it and it would just bang. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I was a kid, that's what you would did. If your, if your cap gun didn't work, you had lay it on the ground and hit it with rocks and it would bang Man. and set off sparks. We also had, uh, when I was a kid, I don't know if anybody cares about this anymore, or there's probably internet stuff, but uh, The Anarchist Cookbook was the big famous book, if you could get your hands on this book. And it was stuff like, uh, just, I don't know who would take the time, but like, you cut the heads off of matches uh, until you have enough to fill up a tennis ball, and then theoretically you throw that tennis ball hard enough at someone and it ignites at least one match, they'll all go up. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, there's a way you could drill into if you could if you're real careful apparently you could drill a hole in a light bulb without breaking it and fill it with gasoline so when someone turned on the light oh i mean i don't know God. if any of this shit worked or what but but yeah there was always a copy of that book around someone always had it and you'd just read this stuff and be like awesome we should do that but no one ever did any of that stuff and if they did i'm sure they're in jail now <laughs> so. or they've had their hands blown off yeah with their face blown off